Hey everyone, welcome to A Mess Nonetheless. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melissa. And we are sisters. And hello everyone. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> I, I am in long sleeves and a vest and Rachel's in a tank top. <laughs> well, it's not warm enough right now to be in a tank top, but I did remove my outer layer and I, but it will be warm enough this afternoon to be in a tank top. Oh, <laughs> not oh here. Oh my gosh. But I'm you look, so you look cuter on. than me for sure. I wish I was wearing, what is that like a fuzzy little sheep vest? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The the, the the sign said, buy my fuzzy little sheep vest. And so, so I, I okay, I, I have one like that and it's olive green. And I've had a few friends say it looks like Oscar the Grouch. Oh, funny. <laughs> Melissa's. So it's, it's from Walmart. It's reversible. Shut it's up. pan on one side and then it's Sherpa it and sheepy. Yep. It's a little bit oh, shorter. So cute. Which I, I don't have arms to push up on. I was going to show you. have arms. Oh, you mean like chair arms? Okay. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We forget that not all of you are on YouTube. So we'll move oh, yeah. on. Yeah. She's wearing a It was a lot of entertaining stuff to watch though. <laughs> a lot. So today we're going to talk about community and we're going to talk about the ways that Jesus modeled community and yes. things that we can take from it. So, um, so would you say there's probably like three different categories of people in community? There's like the one extreme where it's like, I want to be invited to everything. You know, I have major FOMO. And mm-hmm. the other extreme is like, I don't really need anybody. I'm good. Don't ever ask me to do anything. <laughs> exactly. And then mm-hmm. the middle is like, I just, or not the middle, but the other one is kind of like, I- um, Kind of in the middle, I would say. I guess kind of in the middle. I just have my close people and I really don't want to deal with anyone else. Yeah. So like those two yeah, kind probably. of groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be in all three of them at diff- in different ways and at different times. Even yeah, on the same week, sure. I think I can be all three of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like if you take your whole life for the last five years as an adult or whatever and you average it out, it's like which one? I think most people land in at least one of them. Yeah. So <clears throat> in reading the gospels and the life of Jesus, we see a few different things that Jesus did in community. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first one is Jesus was often surrounded by people and he seemed to fully embrace his role in like a large body of people. And I mean, we could read you 20 verses of crowds were going along with him. Crowds were pressing in. He went there and a crowd gathered. Crowds followed him from here to there. You know, here's another crowd. There's another crowd, right? (laughs) Everywhere there's a crowd, crowd. You get a crowd and you get a crowd. (laughs) And that's what we see. And Jesus was not afraid to be with large groups of people. And what I love so much is that that's where he did his ministry. Yeah. He did his miracles there and he he preached things there and he showed God's goodness and God's faithfulness and his love and compassion for people. And it was mm-hmm. always in these larger groups. Yeah. And they were huge groups. I mean, they weren't just like thousands and thousands. Yeah. Thousands and thousands. And yeah, huge. And he didn't even have a microphone. I always think that's amazing. Know, how, <laughs> like, did how did everyone in the back hear him? <laughs> and how they keep their kids quiet. Oh, I bet they weren't. I bet they were running all over the place. That's probably why the kids weren't included. It was only men who were <laughs> out. Women were with the children. The women were running away after the children. <laughs> I bet they weren't. It is interesting to think about what children were like in Jesus' day. Are yeah. they just as terrible as they are today? <laughs> also, just as wonderful. Just as wonderful. We do love our children. <laughs> and so I'm just thinking like, okay, if we were learning from Jesus, like he – might have been the most comfortable with his small group of people. And we'll talk about what that looked like later. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like he got out and was with people. And I'm thinking yeah. we have to get out of our comfort zone. Like we have to start being with people. We can't just be with our favorite people or all alone. Like we have to be with other people. And I'm kind of like, yeah. I don't just mean hosting gatherings or attending gatherings. I mean things like when our kid joins a new team, 
are we getting to know the parents and their kids or yeah. are we just hanging out with the one person we already knew? Yeah. Like, are we making those connections? Are we going out of our way, you know, to make connections with people? To meet new people. Yeah. Exactly. Are we having conversations with new neighbors? When we move into a house or they move into a house, you know, are we just, hey, we just wanted to say hi and introduce ourselves. Here's mm-hmm. our number if you ever need anything. You don't have to yeah. bake cookies. I certainly have never baked cookies for somebody. <laughs> certainly never. <laughs> certainly never. And, um, you know, but just like we just want to – we want you to know we're here and, you know, yeah. make those connections. or Open the door to communication. Exactly. And mm-hmm. – or meeting the new family at church, you know, or new people mm-hmm. who come to church. There's so many times I think people think other people will do that. Yeah. But then people show up and they feel lonely because maybe nobody did it. And it's like – Yeah. I that do. is something my husband is so gifted at. Yes, he he has an eye for all the people who have never been there. He's like, that family's new and that family mm-hmm. – and I've never seen he those people. He should be like at the connection table or the – And table. and then he goes and talks to them. He doesn't just point them out to me. He And Love it's that. my least favorite. Like, it's not my favorite <laughs> thing. Like, because I don't like small talk and – Everyone's trying to get out of church and like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, at the end of church and like, especially if you have little kids and he wants and, to but he welcome. Just, he does. And he's amazing at it. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I know for me, like I don't prefer to be with groups of people. I don't prefer to meet new people. I absolutely prefer to be comfortable. I love my comfort mm-hmm. zone. Do you love your comfort zone, Melissa? I love my comfort zone. <laughs> my favorite place to be. <laughs> who doesn't love their comfort zone? No, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> most of our comfort zone is with our most comfortable people, you know, yeah. the people just the easiest to hang out with, the ones that, yep. you know, you could just, whatever, you can grab together or get together last yeah. minute or whatever. But Jesus had his inner circle. He had his comfort zone of people mm-hmm. and his he chose 12. to step mm-hmm. out of that in mm-hmm. order to be good news to people. And I think if we're going to model or, you know, live like Jesus model, that means that we have to step out of our comfort zone in order to love people, serve them, yeah. show them who Jesus is, show them what he's done in our life. But, and I don't mean like stand on their door and knock, you know, Jesus. I mean like just be in their lives and then let yeah. our relationship with Jesus be evident to all. Yes. Yeah. But in order to do that, well, we I used have to, tell, to be willing. I used to tell my kids. Sorry. Go I was going to say, in order to do that, we have to be willing to be with more than our most comfortable five to 10 people. We just, there's no way around it. Well, and if you are in a place where you're like, I don't know how to be good news to people about Jesus. Like that Mm -hmm. terrifies me. That feels uncomfortable. Something I used to tell my kids as they were growing into a place where they're like, I can, I want to be good news to people, but I don't, I don't know how to talk about Jesus. And I was like, to be honest, you don't actually even have to say his name. If you are living in a way that is lining up with them, people are going to notice something different. Yes. And eventually that conversation is going to be so natural. You're not even going to have had to have started because yeah. people notice when, when, when Jesus is actively a part of your life, when you yeah. allow him to be, you can't look like the world. You just can't. Even if you don't know what that looks like, even if you mm. look in the mirror and you're like, I have no idea what looks different about me than before I knew Jesus or if I didn't know Jesus, the people around you can see something that's different, true. even if they can't name it. And so it's true. If it that's terrifies you to say God's name or Jesus' name to people, just start with letting him be a part of your life and being a part of other people's lives. And it'll well, and a lot seen. of times when you're meeting new people, they're like, you know, they'll find out you go to church for whatever. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, we just, what'd you do last night when we had this mm-hmm. event at our church or whatever? And it's yeah. like, that's just a, you don't have to be like, I love Jesus. Do you? It's just like, <laughs> right. Well, no, you go to church. People ask me a lot. Well, tell me about your church. Where is it? Yeah. What do you like about it? Or you're the guys that have the food pantry. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And they're like oh, how do I yeah. find out information about food pantry? Well, follow us on Instagram, you know? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an easy, it, it's an easy thing to do is just kind of 
casually mentioned that you go to church and where, you, you know, and those things are conversation starters. And um, right. we've had a lot of people in our lives who know, have known for years about the church we go to and they've only come to like random gatherings. They've never actually come to church. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. okay too. Like yeah. seeds are planted. You just never know. Yeah. And you're going to suddenly yeah. be like, okay, we've decided we would like to start going to church. Tell us what time your church starts. And, you know, or maybe it's not your church. Maybe they just want to ask you. I mean, I have a neighbor who was like, I hardly know her. I really hardly know her. And she was like, hey, you teach people about the Bible, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you think you could tell me like where to start in the Bible? And she's like 60 yeah. years old, 55, yeah. 60. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. hard. Well, why did she know to ask me that? Because yeah. I'm in a book club with her and I show up and drink wine once in a while and read books with her or talk about books. Yeah. Like that's all. Like I have – I'd hardly have any relationship with her except for yeah. that my presence exists in her life. And I think yeah. that's super cool. It's very cool. So, you know, I was thinking about how maybe you're like, oh, I'm like nervous. I don't want to talk to parents or whatever. Well, you at like a sporting event or whatever, usually there is a group thread or an email list or whatever. I was like, something that's really easy to do is throw out like a, a message like, hey, we're going to have like ice cream sandwiches right after the game on Saturday or whatever. Just like we hope you'll stay around. And then everyone just starts casually talking and you don't have to yeah. go up to somebody on a bleacher and be like, hey, whose mom are you? You know, which I do, yeah. but not everyone's comfortable with that. It's not hard to bring a cooler full of like juice boxes or ice cream sandwiches yeah. or something like that and just stick around and then kids run around and then parents start talking. And yep. those are like really simple things to do. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you've got – you know some neighbors but you don't know them very well and you feel a little awkward being like, hey, let's – do you want to come and hang out just one-on-one? You could just be like throw out a text to like five, however many people you know and just be like, mm-hmm. send your kids over at this time we're having, you know – candy bars or ice cream sandwiches or, you know, whatever it is. Well, and same with neighbors If or speaking of neighbors, if you're like embarrassed to walk up to their door or feel uncomfortable, wait until they're out in their yard and then like go outside. And like, I mean, that's how I don't think I've ever knocked on a new neighbor's door. But as soon as we see them outside, we, Mm -hmm. we wave or Mm -hmm. we go up and introduce ourselves. And like, it's so much less pressure because also if you go and knock on their door, then it's like, do they have do they have to let you in? Do they mm-hmm. need to come out? Like, whereas if they're just already in their yard doing yard yeah. work or playing catch with their kid and you That's stop true. and say hi or, hey, I love your car or your dog's mm-hmm. cute. What's its name? Like mm-hmm. suddenly you have a little bit to talk about and you can mm-hmm. move on. Like there's no exactly. pressure. And so the door's been open. Yeah. Well, and maybe you're like, I don't want to talk to new people at church. One thing I learned a long time ago, especially if you go to a larger church, you don't always know, has somebody been going here five years and I've never noticed right. them, is mm-hmm. instead of saying, are you new here? Say, mm-hmm. I don't think I've met you. And yeah. I will say that to people and they'll be like, it's my first time. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense why I haven't met you. Yes. And then now yeah. I'm like, well, what brought you here? Where do you live? You know, think, do you yeah. have kids? Things like that. And it's like very easy, a very easy thing to say. I don't think I've met you. Yeah. And then you will know real quick if they're interested in having a follow-up conversation, if they're like, oh, I'm Rachel. I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> like, True. Yeah. So. And the other thing is that, you know, sometimes something I can get nervous about when I'm meeting someone new is, okay, first of all, what if they're like, oh, we actually already met. Um, well, I've done that. It's yeah, like, oh, I mean, I'm sorry, I couldn't. I thought yeah. it looked familiar. <laughs> yes, exactly. But also, that's a normal human thing. People have done it to us too. And I mean, I don't get hurt if someone can't remember my name. I totally understand why someone can't remember my name because I can't always. And it's okay to say, I know we've met, but I cannot remember your name. Like, can you remind that? I think we make we get in our head. And we forget that if the roles were reversed, we really don't actually care if someone had to ask us to remind them of our, our to remind. Right. No, I have to remind them of my name. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. Or if I have to make the connection, like, oh, actually, our kids were on that, you know, in that one classroom yeah. together, and they're like, oh, yeah. that's where we've met. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, 
Well, and like maybe you're like, I don't want to initiate anything ever. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's fair-ish. I mean, I would encourage you to challenge you to start initiating some things, but there are a lot of opportunities around our community to go to things that might make you uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. like a social at the kids' school or a men's night at your church or a women's conference that women you know are going to or whatever, life groups, small groups, things like that. And a lot of times people are like, yeah, no, I just, that's not me. And then as a result, they never get out of their comfort zone because they never say yes. You don't have to initiate something. Sometimes you just have to Mm -hmm. say, yes, I will go Mm -hmm. to that. You might hate it and never do it again, which I would encourage you if you do hate it, try it again anyways. (laughs) I rarely let my kids decide they hate something after one time. I'm like, excuse me, that's not enough times. Like you need to try that again. Um, But living in our bubble is not a way to show the world what Jesus has done in our lives. We have to be willing to get a little messy, a little uncomfortable, get outside of our bubbles and be with Mm -hmm. people. And that's what Jesus modeled. Well, because that is our purpose here is as believers is to show people Jesus. Like go and make disciples of the nations. Yeah. Our purpose is not to just live inwardly. It's not to just, like Rachel said, just to have our safe people. And they're the only ones we talk to about anything that might be challenging or growth or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, and and not, obviously you're not going to go around talking about deep things to every single person you meet, Mm -hmm. but, and you don't, and and if you, you're not going to even connect with every person you meet, like there Mm -hmm. might be a couple people you connect with and half of them can, you guys continue conversations and you start getting together and half of them you never see again. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's not the point. You don't go chasing people, but it's, that is our purpose. And if we are not intentionally connecting with people outside of our comfort uh, comfort zone, we're missing a huge part of our purpose on life mm-hmm. on earth. And yeah. so- it's so true. Well, so I gave a sermon on this topic. Um, and our ne- my nephew is Melissa's son, who's a senior in high school, and then our other nephew who's a senior, they were here. Mm-hmm. And they came up to me and shared with me what they learned from the message. Mm-hmm. And one thing they said was they both said, it never occurred to me that meeting new people was for the gospel. They're like, I just like, yeah. I don't really need more friends. Or I don't really like to meet new people. There was like a very mm-hmm. self-focused thing. And mm-hmm. I think they are not alone in that. A lot of adults mm-hmm. feel that way. And they're not, I mean, they're not even 18 yet. Like they're, and they realize that they're like, whoa, right. I've never, it's never occurred to me that God might want me to meet other people mm-hmm. for the purpose of being good news to other people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it was, uh, that's a big eye opener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's very big. Well, and I just, you know, I, for me, like my testimony is that, you know, I was raised in 100 people who were Christians, you know, or mm-hmm. we lived in a very Christ-centered home. <laughs> we didn't live with 100 people. We weren't in a commune. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah, it kind of sounded like <laughs> I, met, I grew like, up with 100 people. <laughs> grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, like yes. so many Who had their own homes and their own places. <laughs> yes, not even in the same state. Definitely not, not a commune. And um, I mean, I grew up in a cult and I still need, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And we had very Christ-centered, a Christ-centered home, Christ-following parents. And I needed right. someone else to lead me to Jesus. Yeah. That's how God mm-hmm. brought me to Jesus was yep. through someone else. And that person was a college student when I was in middle school. Like she had no reason to be in my life other than mm-hmm. she got outside her comfort zone and stepped into yep. my messy little world. Yep. yep. And then my challenge is like how many people around us are not following Jesus, do not know God. They are not saved. There is no redemption. They are lost. They are unfree. Mm -hmm. And here we are choosing not to step into their world because we prefer to be comfortable. Right. Ooh, 
I mean, yeah, that's big, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, we just, we are so self-focused. Like even, you know, even no matter how much we're following Jesus, we do not tend to think of things. I mean, this is a kingdom perspective and we mm-hmm. tend not to live this way. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I've had this visualization. I have no idea if this is how it works. So don't anyone take my words and I love count them as things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have this visualization of me standing before God someday, like face to face and him being like, look at all these people that you were in their everyday life and you never ever mm-hmm. entered their world. Like you never became good news to them. You just kind of lived your own little life alongside theirs and they never had a chance to meet me mm-hmm. even though they knew you and you knew me. Like mm-hmm. I just, I've had that visualization throughout my life. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that would be and terrible. To, to be clear, I don't think Melissa believes she's going to show up and God's going to shame her. I think she's no, like, no, no, no. This is how I would be she greedy. gets herself to get out of mm-hmm. that. Yes. To step into I, that perspective. Yes. If that was a thing where I got got the chance, quote unquote, to see the people that I mm-hmm. just didn't ever engage with, that would break my heart. Yes. That if I would have engaged with them, they might have gotten to meet Jesus. Like, and then I well, like, you know, and well, that like, yeah, happen. what if we get to heaven and we can see all the people that because of our influence are there, but then mm-hmm. we have to see how many people we chose not to influence. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, because of our own – like if you could even see him and you're like, well, look, there's 10 people here. And you're like, go me. Yeah. It's like, but here's yeah. 40,000 people. <laughs> it was like, no. Let's go me. <laughs> Again, Melissa's – we don't know. This is not theologically correct. We have no idea There's nothing in the Bible that says this happens. <laughs> but, but this is will be how my brain is – how my brain works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the next way we're going to talk about the Jesus modeled community, right? Big people, lots of, you know, getting out there, getting in in the crowds. He also had his inner circle. He had his 12 mm-hmm. people, and those people were privy to things that everyone else was not. They got to ask him yeah. more questions. He mm-hmm. dialogued with them. He explained things. They'd leave, and they'd be yeah. like, what did that mean? No one in the crowd got to know this, but they yeah. do, right? Like, they are yeah. his people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got. He spent more time with them. You know, they, they got more quality. They got to, like – have inside jokes together. They got to have experiences and memories together, whereas they would go to town, to town, to town and mm-hmm. leave all these great messages, mm-hmm. but they didn't, the big crowds didn't get to be a part of that. They didn't exactly. get to have no Jesus on a personal level like that because right. they only got to see him from the mm-hmm. stage, so to speak. And they got to walk miles and miles and miles. Exactly. <laughs> well, and there's plenty of exam- examples in the Bible where it's like, and then Jesus sent the crowd away and he got into a boat with his disciples and left. Yeah. Or he told his disciples, you get in a boat and go, I'll meet you there. I'm going to make the crowd go away. Or yeah. here comes a crowd. Quick, get in a boat. Let's go. <laughs> Run. <laughs> there is a little bit of that too. Like there's so yeah. many times that Jesus was intentional in the mm-hmm. about leaving the crowds to be with the small groups. And the reason we're talking about this is because that is where we go deeper. Yes. The crowds are yeah. where we share Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the inner circle is where we go deeper, where there should be challenges and accountability mm-hmm. and confession, and we can yep. call each other out and we can build each other up. And that doesn't happen in large groups. No, so we just have can't. to have that inner circle mm-hmm. of people. Yep. And I know it changes everything. It yeah. does change mm-hmm. everything. And and maybe you're like, well, I have an inner circle of people, but they don't follow Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my challenge to you would be to find a second inner circle of people. Like maybe it's your Mm -hmm. high school friends, your college friends, and they just don't know Jesus. You should still be good news to them. But for sure. Find some Christ followers who are like-minded. Iron sharpens iron. And you guys, you know, it might take time. It definitely usually takes time. But it's like if you're not investing in people like at your church, you know, or in your body of believers, and all your time is spent with people who are non-Christians, 
I think you need to do both. Yeah. Agreed. We can't. Well, I mean, Jesus was an example of that also. Exactly. Like he literally hung out with his mm-hmm. Christ following people. Literally. They and were then Christ he following. also went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally physically following him. Yep. And then he also went and hung out with the people right. who had no faith whatsoever right. and, and kind of were hated by exactly. the public because of whatever. And Well, and I'm not saying like if your inner circle of friends are all non-Christians, like I'm not saying they can't be good news to you. They can't encourage you, but they're not going to point you back to Christ at the end right. of the day. And so it I is really, just a very different kind of conversation when you're is. talking to someone who has a relationship with Jesus versus someone who doesn't. It is. And, and it's not a judgment thing. It's nope. just a reality. It is a reality. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like talking about your child, your parenting woes with a parent mm-hmm. versus like a grandparent or a non-parent. Mm-hmm. You know, grandparents, mm-hmm. they have forgotten everything. They can't remember yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> they only remember the good. <laughs> you know, or even if like you have toddlers and you're lamenting, you don't necessarily want to talk to someone who only has teenagers. It's like, yeah, they yeah. could be good news, but you really need sometimes to talk to somebody who is like in that same right boat there with, in you. It with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe you're like, well, I don't even have an inner circle of people. It's just like me and my husband and my kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have been there and it's incredibly lonely. And I just want to encourage you, start asking God today to bring you those people. Start praying today. It took me years from the time I started really realizing I don't have an inner circle, people. I just – everybody knows me, but, like, nobody's claiming me. Mm-hmm. It took years, like two or three years before I really found an inner circle. Yeah. And it takes time and it takes intentionality and it takes a lot of prayer. But I believe everybody should have an inner circle of Jesus-following mm-hmm. Christians who are going to iron sharpen iron with you. Well, and then I know that there is a – chunk of you out there who are like, I don't want an inner circle. Mm-hmm. I don't need people in my space. I ha- I, I am, I've always taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need to rely on other people. And I know this because I have very close people in my life who that is how they thought for a long time. One of my best friends, that was her. And now she has an inner circle mm-hmm. and is like, what did I think? How did I ever think mm-hmm. I could do this without you guys? Like, And um, it's scary letting people in. And mm-hmm. so I know that a lot of you are thinking, I've not been able to trust people very well. People mm-hmm. have hurt me. I've had, I've had Christians hurt me. I've had the mm-hmm. church hurt me. I've yeah. had, or I've just, I've had so many people hurt me. Like I said, I've always just had to rely on myself. If you are in a relationship with Jesus, trust him enough mm-hmm. that when you ask him to bring you the, sm- the, the small circle of people that you can trust, that they're not going to hurt you. That, that I mean, we always hurt each other because right, we're right. human, but mm-hmm. like aren't going to actually hurt you, like not intentionally, that there will be an apology right away. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that was unintentional, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, because trusting your heart with other people mm-hmm. is, it grows your faith. Like it there's does. something about it that mm-hmm. just, it grows your relationship with Jesus. And It does. I absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. Well, I was just like thinking about how many times in the last like two, three months, someone close to me in my inner circle has called me out and been like, mm, you're not trusting Jesus there. Or have you prayed about that? Or mm-hmm. sounds like you're listening to lies. Or even yeah. Melissa, when she was like, Rachel, I think you have an eating disorder. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't think I do. Well, I did. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I needed someone who was in a position that could ask me that hard question. You know, like yeah. I told Melissa at one point in our marriage stuff, which I've talked about in a different podcast, I said, I don't want to go to therapy with him. He just needs to go by himself. And she said, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And I was like, oh, who asked you? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I was like, oh, of course, of course you would say that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, you're right. And I text my husband, all right, put me on the books for the next therapy session yeah. because she's mm-hmm. right. And if I'm just sitting there just in my relationship with Jesus alone, I might not have gotten yeah. that same thing. And I do right. think she's right. And there have been plenty of times when I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And Melissa's like, I don't think that's, faith- I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. yeah. 
And vice versa, of course. And vice versa, of course. I'm just talking Mm -hmm. about my own personal experience. And that only comes from having that deep connection Mm -hmm. with people who are following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, because I believe fully that God uses people in our life to speak to us. Now, we want to be careful Mm -hmm. that we're not like, God said to tell you, blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to be careful. But if we – And we talked about that in an episode as well. Yeah. Rachel knows, and I know with Rachel that we are praying on each other's behalf. We're not going to just give – unsolicited opinion. In fact, right. I knew Rachel had an eating disorder for a long time before I felt like God was like, and now you now can say it because say it. it was, she was not ready to hear mm-hmm. it. Like it was very mm-hmm. clear because I would kind of like hint about it and it was whoop, shut down and like, mm-hmm. and I would pray a lot about it and God was like, just we'll get there. Like, mm-hmm. and, and we yeah. did. Like, we Absolutely. got to a place where I could say it and she was ready to receive it and it's transformed her life. Like, mm-hmm. and not because me, because of God, but mm-hmm. waiting on his timing. And so mm-hmm. we actually talked yeah. about those kinds of things in the series we did on um learning our words matter it was like it was mm-hmm. this this season um so if you're like oh I want to hear more about that go back and listen to that because we talked a lot about how do we know when to speak into someone's life how do we know when the Holy Spirit's talking to us things like that yeah so and then the last good memory I do have a good memory but also I, I write the episodes I write the episode descriptions That's true. <laughs> I put the show notes and you edit them and people are like which one just released I'm like I don't know and you're like I'd have to be on looking on social media <laughs> so yeah I edit them I put the dates in I you know mm-hmm. so the last point that we're going to talk about is that Jesus also withdrew from his inner circle to spend time alone yeah. with God and there yes. are so many times where he's like sit here I'm going to go pray I and he yes. goes up a mountain and he prays or he goes on a boat by himself and he prays or yep. he just retreats privately to pray yes. and our point in that is our community is better served, our inner circle in our larger community, our families too, are better served mm-hmm. when we have alone time with God. Yes. So we're kind of like, we're in this place where we feel like there's three things we need to be doing and not one of us sh- sh- is exempt from any of them. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to follow the model of Jesus mm-hmm. and it starts with having alone time with God. I know we started yeah. with Jesus being with groups, but it started yeah. with alone time with God, having that yeah deep reliance on him where he is speaking into our lives and he is confirming things, but then taking it into your inner circle and growing together deeper, challenging, you know, and then the the last one is embracing new people so we can be part of bringing the good news to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the first one leads us to the second one and the second one allows us to be filled up and challenged and and then we overflow onto our community. Mm -hmm. And that's the Mm -hmm. hope is we don't start with the community piece. You start with the God piece. Yeah. And you go deeper with the, you know, your small group piece and then you're Mm -hmm. overflowing onto your community. Some of us, it'll have to be more intentional based on our personalities and our skills and our giftings. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it becomes a lot more natural when those first two things are locked into place. Correct. Agreed. For sure. Yeah. Oh, was that a lot of good affirmation? Correct. It was. It was excellent. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being so affirming. (laughs) I kind of have to go to the bathroom and I feel like I'm focusing on not having to go to the bathroom. Why don't you go to the bathroom? And I'm just going to talk about this very last thing, which was we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that community has its shortcomings. Melissa's going to go potty. All right. (laughs) And community has its shortcomings. People hurt People, people say things that don't sit well with us. We are un- or not invited to a thing we think we should be invited to. People sometimes challenge us in a way we're not ready to change it. And it, it, there is a model of that with Jesus too. So his disciple Peter, one of his closest friends, kind of got a lot wrong. Peter didn't understand Jesus a lot. He misunderstood Jesus. He misrepresented Jesus at times. He he messed up. <laughs> he got upset and cut the ear off of somebody when Jesus was like, excuse me. 
I mean, he didn't say that. That's not in the Bible. But I believe he was like, seriously, Peter, like get yourself together. And But he was one of his best friends. And then when Jesus was being arrested to go die, Peter denied that he even knew him three times. So Peter is a prime example of Jesus having this close-knit community and he still hurt him. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Jesus knew and what it was to be hurt by other humans. And yet he would have known that going into it. And he still chose to have that inner circle of people. Melissa's back. <laughs> I'm we're, back. We're talking about how community is messy. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, is Jesus didn't need people to validate him or make him know his worth. And that's mm-hmm. what he did when he escaped to be with God. He needed the validation of God, who, yeah. who God was, who God said Jesus was, what mission God sent him on, and what Jesus surrender needed to do to surrender to God's will. I mean, there was a lot of that, him surrendering to God's will. Yeah. And so he didn't go to the people to make him feel better. He went to God to solidify who he was and what he was supposed to be doing. Yes. And so that's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why that first, that last thing we talked about is the most important part because community is almost always messy and it is almost never perfect. But if we want to live like Jesus, this is the example we're going to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So I want – good stuff. Yeah, it is. I, it really is. Um, I want to read this quote that I thought was so powerful. It says, here's what I know. People are broken and messy and imperfect. They fail me time and time again, and I need them anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful mystery. So often when God bends low to restore my soul, he does it through broken, imperfect people. I've yes. swung from desperately looking for humans to heal me to building walls to keep everyone out. Neither works very well. In the middle, we find balance. We can trust in God to transform us, knowing he wants to use the people he's placed in our lives to do it. So the work starts with communing with God, being shaped and molded by our more intimate inner circle, and then overflowing onto our communities in any way God wants to use us, through popsicles or (laughs) fruit roll-ups or (laughs) whatever way. I mean, simply, it does not need to be these huge, massive things. You don't even have to formally join any sort of ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. It could oh, be as simple yeah. as a lemonade stand your kids want to do, right? Yes, yes. Oh, agreed. Ministry is should be lived out mm-hmm. all the time. You do not have to be a part of a group to be good news to people. Well, and if and you are doing formal ministry, you should still be living it out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't just be showing up in those hours, like those that time frame. Exactly. Yeah. My husband does ministry through BMX in a way that I can't even explain. He mm-hmm. has gotten so many people to BMX because he's passionate about BMX. Mm-hmm. And then he has these amazing conversations mm-hmm. and his good news and mm-hmm. has had people, we've had people come to our church because of mm-hmm. BMX because yep. he's just, he does ministry. There's no website. The there's like no that. social media. There's no business nope. card. It's just Bill living <laughs> yeah. out his uh-huh. his life for Jesus. And yeah. mm-hmm. so I mean, Melissa and I think that all three of these steps are important and we really challenge you to consider which one of these are you hung up on? Yeah. Which one is keeping you from doing all three? And ask mm-hmm. God, change my way of thinking. Like, Help me to be open to how you choose to do so. And after I gave this message, I had a lot of people come up, people who are very involved in my church. And they were like, ooh, for me, it's the big groups. I just want to be with my comfortable people. I was mm-hmm. challenged, right? Like, And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, this is between you and God. He is the yeah. one who's going to do the work. It starts with asking him to do yeah. the work. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was good. I like it. Good. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.
Ours is too, but we own a microphone and we have no shame. That's why we'll talk about how our life is a mess nonetheless. That's the name of our podcast.